welcome to Pretty Good Business. Our guest today is Juliana Ponce de Leon, founder of sustainable fashion brand JPL Atelier. In this episode, we talk about innovation in the fashion industry and how research is the key to everything. Hi, Juliana. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you. You have a great brand. Do you want to talk a bit about it? Yeah, sure. So um, I basically started JPL Atelier back in 2017. We did a soft launch and essentially, you know, the brand, I wanted it to just be a completely different scenario from the basic fashion brand. So we have three amazing pillars that we've implemented into the DNA of the brand. And, you know, the first one is supply chain transparency. So we really do focus on, you know, who is making our clothes? What are they made out of? How are they being taken care of? Everybody alongside our whole supply chain is being taken care of. um, And we really do focus on that. And another great thing that we're really passionate about is our, you know, our brand is British made. It's everything's made in London in a studio that we worked with since the beginning. Um, So that's kind of, you know, our first pillar. And our second pillar is the empowerment of women. So we really do go above and beyond in, you know, telling, we call it, and I know a lot of people do this, they call it herstory. So, you know, telling women's history through our designs. And then as well as we work with our philanthropy side of the brand, which is, you know, we work with Fawcett Society and UN Women UK um, to go further and to support women and, you know, everything that we're going through, all the changes in society, especially within, you know, British and UK, you know, companies and, and women and everybody working together. So yeah, it's, it's really an exciting time for us. So you are a luxury fashion brand and, mm-hmm. and sometimes it happened that people have told me that luxury and sustainability don't go together because sustainability should be an everyday kind of cause that you follow um mm-hmm. I personally don't agree with it because when it comes to fashion of course something is um I mean not for not every luxury brand let's put it out there some of them are really bad but in general <laughs> when you make something luxury is easier when the price tag is higher to actually deliver a more sustainable and conscious product. So is that ever happened to you that someone's told you that? And how do you kind of react to that? So I mean, a thing that luxury, responsible luxury brands essentially are having a little bit of trouble with is the fact that, yes, our price points are the same level as normal luxury brands. But the thing is, you know, sustainability and everything that's implemented into a a modern sustainable luxury brand is very expensive. So, you know, no one is being cut throughout the supply chain and people are being taken care of and people are being paid fairly. And that does bring the price up high. So there's that whole issue of, you know, who's going to actually pay that much for a garment, but that's actually how much a garment costs without anybody getting, you know, negatively affected Mm through their work. So, so yeah, that's, that's a huge thing that, you know, we're trying to, to kind of teach our consumers and, you know, the people that are starting to buy into this is that is, that is actually how much it costs to make something. You know, is you, you pay for the sustainability of it, but also the durability of it. Exactly. You know, in the past before mass production and fast fashion happened, you know, people would buy, for example, a Burberry trench coat and it would last them 50 years. And now, you know, people's hunger for 
trends and new things. And, you know, people tend to wear things once or twice and then they throw it out or it just becomes something at the bottom of their closet. That's a thing that consumers need to change their mindset to be able to go, you know, I need to invest into, a be- you know, in a beautiful classic piece that's going to last me ages, but it's also going to be taking care of, you know, their carbon footprint and, you know, everything like that. So that it, that's exactly like a huge important factor into what the future of fashion needs to focus on is is the longevity of focusing on slow fashion, if that makes sense. So what pushed you to start your business? So I have been in the luxury fashion industry for about 10 years. So I studied and have worked in it for a very long time. Um, and being in a design studio, you really do see the waste that happens and you know everything from fabric rolls just being sent to the dump to you know with actual pieces that they don't sell they just send them to be incinerated so there's a lot of waste and ignorance and you know everything like that within the supply chain of luxury brands well and actually all of fashion so I saw that waste situation happening and I said you know I really just would love to build something that's completely different and that is part of the solution. So that's essentially how, you know, the brand started. I also grew up in Canada and as a child, you're really taught how to have respect for the planet. And it it was a really beautiful childhood, you know, growing up in Vancouver and, and yeah, so you kind of just have that as your core and you, you go through life and you, you know, you become an adult and you're really wary about like recycling and what am I buying? Who's making this? And that kind of just all got implemented into the DNA of the brand. And what was the process like? Where did you start from? So I actually originally just wanted to start a really small business to design some beautiful silk t-shirts. And then it just snowballed into, you know, a brand. The whole process, you know, I did research for about a year and a half before we did launch. There's so much to learn uh, if you really, you know, want, want to focus on sustainability. And yeah, so so I did a lot of research. I spoke with a lot of people. I went to a bunch of, you know, networking events of people with the same, you know, focuses. Um, and yeah, so so it's just basically on the basis of research and speaking to people and and going further than just you know being like oh you know where's my fabric coming from etc cetera, etc cetera. being like you know what's coming what's the lifeline of this garment what you know what innovations out there who's doing what what collaborations are happening and so it's just it was just all on the basis of what you know what modern things were happening and then and then researching, you know, about supply chains, et cetera. So, so it, yeah, it was just a lot of, of research and, and speaking to people. How do you choose the materials you work with and also the partners you work with? Like I keep saying research, um, you know, it's, it's every season I do a lot of looking into, you know, if there's new innovation in materials or fabrics and seeing if other brands are also doing it. Um, we do, obviously, as we're a small brand, we there's an also an issue on minimum order quantity. So MOQs of, you know, how, with the fabric that you order, usually there's, you know, a minimum. And then that's another issue for small, sustainable brands is, you know, they're not going to make that that huge order. You know, it's working with credible sources. We look at certifications as well. So we try to have 
at least two certifications from each fabric that we work with. And then, you know, a big thing for us as well is knowing what questions to ask to ask our suppliers. Um, so, you know, you, a supplier could say that a fabric, a certain fabric is sustainable, but then, you know, you ask about the dyeing processes and they have no clue. So mm-hmm. you need to know, you know, we always need to keep researching and keeping, you know, aware of what, what, what to ask, essentially. Do you have a favorite material? So we have been working in the past couple of seasons with organic bamboo silk, mm. which has been, you know, it's a really beautiful fabric. It looks like silk, essentially, but at, we're also a vegan, sorry, a vegan PETA approved brand. So we don't use anything derived from animals. So this has been a really beautiful fabric that we've worked with. You know, we've made trousers, dresses, tops, skirts, and, you know, everything. We're also now focusing on stopping to work with virgin materials and really focusing as well on dead stock. So that's one of my favorite new things that we're doing and we're implementing now into the new seasons mm-hmm. that we're designing at the moment. How difficult is that to, you know, of course, when you when you work with virgin materials, as you said, you kind of just like you research it and then you just buy them from a supplier. Mm-hmm. Is it more difficult and how difficult is it to actually use dead stock? So the issue, actually, probably the biggest issue that we've had as a brand is just the fact that all materials out there are just not to the point where you would, you could actually be like, oh, this fabric is sustainable, if that makes sense. So, you know, dead stock, we do work, we have been speaking with and, you know, heard another podcast and I was listening to it a couple of weeks ago and they mentioned a really amazing platform that you know, they do work with dead stock material. So, so it's just, you know, looking and, re- and researching and speaking to people to see who really, who really actually has credible dead stock, because there's another issue that comes with that, that, you know, you know, suppliers can just buy fabric and have it ready and then just claim it's dead stock, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've been doing this for a while, as you said. So what did you learn during the process of building your business as a sustainable and ethical business? So the biggest thing for me was, you know, learning that sustainable, well, it, it was, it's an ongoing thing. Sustainability isn't a trend. And, you know, I work on the concept of waste as a design flaw. Um, so, you know, learning that and learning now about, you know, regenerative agriculture and you know circularity and everything like that so that was a really big thing for me because as you keep going especially now because you know the industry is changing so much and focusing on sustainability you know a big thing is you know things are shifting by week you know there's new things happening you learn about you know detrimental effects from one type of fabric and you know everything's shifting constantly so that was one of the biggest things that I've been learning is to just like like I say keep learning and researching and seeing what's out there and you know what's changing if that makes sense yeah it's amazing how every day there's something new coming out like yeah it's crazy a couple of I think it was a couple of weeks weeks ago I saw that now they're making leather from mushrooms and honestly Mm -hmm. after apples and pineapples I thought you know that's already quite impressive <laughs> now mushrooms as well it's like it looks like you can do everything with mushrooms at this really point can. <laughs> exactly <laughs> have you ever found a, mater- a material that was particularly impressive and it really 
surprised you when you found it and then now you still use it so we don't use it yet but like you were saying pina text um the pineapple waste fiber is really incredible um so we are in the process of actually bringing out a special piece made out of that in our upcoming collection but yeah uh, i mean the biggest innovation that i would say that just really is amazing is everything that's you know, based on biotechnology. So there's, I mean, there's spider silk, which is really cool, but obviously we're vegan, so we wouldn't be able to use that. But they take spider webs and ter- somehow turn it into silk, which is really cool. You know, there's the banana fabric mm. made from waste. Like you were saying, there's so many amazing innovations that is more of a collaboration with Mother Earth rather than the usual. <laughs> Actually, during this pandemic, as you said, um, fashion brands take a lot from Mother Earth and don't really give back, uh, especially when it, we talk about fast fashion. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, unfortunately, we saw that fast fashion sold even more than before, even though I really don't understand why, because mm-hmm. where are people going, you know? So do you think that people, although, you know, we've seen this rise in spending, do you think that people are embracing sustainability more after the pandemic? I, that's really hard to answer. I would say yes and no. I think, you know, especially with millennials and Gen Z, people are becoming much more aware of the detrimental effects of what fashion's doing or, you know, especially fast fashion. Um but I, you know, people are becoming more aware, they're becoming more conscious, they're understanding what supply chains really are like, because, you know, usually you would just go to a store and you wouldn't think of where it came from, you would just buy a piece and that's it. So I think people are becoming more aware and they're going to slowly gravitate, hopefully towards, like I said, slow fashion. I mean, it, that was probably, it's probably going to take like 50 years, I would say, for people to actually, you know, have it become the norm. Um, but I, I do think, you know, people are waking up and becoming more aware, but I've actually also noticed apart from consumers that some, you know, retailers are going kind of backwards, if that Mm. makes sense, especially with, you know, claiming sustainability, sadly, sustainability has become and is becoming a dirty word. There's a lot of greenwashing going on. There's a lot of, you know, brands that used to be quote unquote sustainable and now you know you see that they're moving production over to they're outsourcing they're sending things out they don't know where things are being made so you do see a lot of companies kind of cutting costs because of the pandemic so they're going the other way if that makes sense do you think it's still possible to grow your company and still keep it as sustainable as possible because we have seen this with so many brands like Oatly probably was the biggest scandal of the last Mm-hmm. few months uh, but really happens all the time because when you grow then you need more money and who's gonna give you more money you know the big bad guys <laughs> do you think that do you think that it's possible to keep a sustainable brand sustainable and ethical and still grow it just as much as you know a normal or a traditional brand to be honest if you want to be 100% sustainable you wouldn't make anything because that's essentially what you know if you really didn't want to have an impact but I think you know especially with smaller brands that are growing um 
that are focusing on responsible production and all of that. I, I think you would be able to grow, but I don't think on that scale, on that level, I, I don't think you'd be able to. But, you know, building awareness. Aware, I mean, Gabriella Hearst is doing an amazing thing and she's quite a huge brand. But I think in the terms of, you know, the production, then there's also the issue of overstock and, you know, things being sent to landfills or incinerated after because they didn't sell. So a big thing that we do is that we actually do pre-orders, but because everything's made in London, you know, you can get a piece made for you within two weeks. Mm -hmm. So there's that issue. And then, you know, the other issue is material. So I think I read somewhere that we actually have enough fabric rolls to last us like the next, I think it was 25 years on the planet. So no one needs to make any more textiles. So yeah, it's, I don't think a big, 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 huge, you know, a brand could grow to that level, but I think it's just going to be a long haul for everybody, but smaller brands are doing their thing, which is really great. It's really hard to stick to your principle, like hundred percent. I think there's a sweet spot for, you know, a brand to stick to. And I think that if they stick, you know, stayed within that bubble, they would be able to keep growing and progressing, but kind of just sticking to really, you know, hardcore principles. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some collaborations I see, I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's just, I would just think that it's a PR, a bad PR move. But sometimes you kind of think, hmm, how far can you actually go without having to compromise? You know, when there are so many examples of big brands having to kind of like bend to marketing. I mean, yeah. It's unfortunate. I know, it's so sad. I'm just like, can everyone stop? (laughs) Stop buying. Stop buying. (laughs) Invest. That's it. (laughs) So, of course, COVID was a big hit for small brands. So, I imagine you had to face it as well. So, how do you see the future of your company? after this mess I mean it for me it was actually I mean COVID's been horrific for absolutely everybody but on the basis of the brand it was actually a really incredible time and we went into everything and we we focused on what we loved and we made you know a lot of things happen this year which were really really great so we partnered we basically started our whole philanthropy initiative and we designed, you know, five T-shirts that helped empower women and that supported five UK charities that, you know, we really loved and that really actually kind of, you know, st- stood for our brand's DNA. So that was really incredible. And I think for for next year, what we're going to keep going on is actually what we're, we've been doing at the moment, which is you know, focusing on our supply chain, looking at innovation, biotechnology, um, you know, growing our network of our, you know, on our Instagram and, you know, people really actually want to learn about what conscious consumerism really is. Um, So, you know, that's a huge thing that we're going to be pushing forward is our community. We've started this whole initiative called JPL Changemakers. And so everyone that we work with, you know, we're actually a really big activist brand as well. Um, So it's a really amazing you know, year that we have coming up, you know, we're working with UN Women UK, Fawcett Society, PETA UK, um, you know, Friends of the Earth. And these are all amazing, you know, charities that are working on environmentalism, you know, um, they're humanitarian, they're women, you know, everything that you would want um, 
basically for a better future. We're part of, and so we're really proud about that. And we're going to keep pushing the agenda even further. Like, I mean, we even put like petitions for the UK, you know, against the UK Gov on our website. So, so yeah, so that's what we're going to be really focusing on. And also our, of course, collections. Um, So we're going to hopefully push towards showing next September um, during London Fashion Week. So that's a big thing that we're going to hope for. So of all these projects that you have, um, what is the achievement of or the project that you're the most you're most proud of? So definitely would it would be the you know our Alliance collection, which was the T-shirt project that we did. You know we we reached out to all of you know the community of women that that we surround ourselves with, and you know we gave them a list of about I think it was thirty words that you would use to describe a woman, and you know, we said, can you choose five of them? And really amazingly enough, you know, all these women, I think it was 90% of them chose the same five words. Um, so we had, it was really great, actually. And we had, you know, the, the design of the t-shirt was really beautiful and simple. Um, and we embroidered. So each t-shirt has one of the words embroidered on them. And the t-shirt represents one of our charities that we support. So, you know, we had powerful the word powerful, we had independent, we had activist, we had feminist. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a really amazing project that we did and people were really excited about it and we had amazing feedback and support. And yeah, so it's, it's now just, it was, it's knowing that, you know, you can have a brand, but you can also be part of the solution, if that makes sense. How do you find, cause there are so many brands right now. And honestly, I feel like every week there's something new happening. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep, um, you know your business fresh and competitive in such a competitive space and how do you get inspired for um, you know create new collection but also create new projects so as I keep saying is learning and research um, so like like we've been saying you know everything's so different every single day there's the new innovation new textiles new ways of production um, so it's really just keeping on top of what's out there and kind of going further. So now I find myself reading, you know, science reports and, you know, things that I you, essentially you would never even think about reading or learning about. So, so it's really keeping on top of what is the newest, most essentially sustainable or responsible practice that's out there at the moment and you know another thing that's big for us is you know each collection is inspired by a certain woman or group of women from history so I also do a lot of research throughout history um and read loads of history books and you know it's really really amazing to to bring all of these stories of women that you might have never heard or read about and you know kind of passing on that empowerment from that time period and bringing it on to you know, clothing for women to wear now and to feel powerful. And so, so I think those are quite, you know, specific and very niche things that we do that really work for us and that we can keep building on. So if you had one advice to give a business owner or a wannabe business owner that wants to create a sustainable mm-hmm. brand, maybe specifically a sustainable fashion mm-hmm. brand, is there any advice you would give? And is it any, is there anything that you wish you knew when you started? I would definitely say, obviously, go with your gut and don't listen to the nose. <laughs> um, because, you know, when I started, I, we, you know, the first collection was a little collection of five shirts and they were made out of 
post-consumer, sorry, recycled post-consumer water bottles. And people were like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's made out of water bottles? That's really weird. And, and why would anyone buy that? And, you know, then I started telling people about it and being like, you know, I really want to make a, you know, design and, and bring out a sustainable luxury brand. It's, you know, and, and use crazy, weird, innovative materials. And, and, you know, I had a mentor at that time who told me not to tell anyone that we were focusing on sustainability because it wasn't very fashion or luxury. So, so it's, and then I obviously was like, well, no, I'm going to keep going. So, so it's not listening, you know, to the nose because that really limits kind of what you can really do and, and breaking out of the box. People will always want you to be safe as well. So sometimes it's, they do it, you know, they do it because they love you. Sometimes just because they are scared. Exactly. Because people are like, why would I wear water bottles? Yeah. Is there a mistake that you made that you think now you could have avoided? Or do you think that everything kind of fell into place? I actually think I've, I've, I'm actually quite proud of it that I've done everything slowly and, you know, calculated and looked at the pros and the cons of, you know, everything that we do. And, and everything is a learning process. You know, a big thing for me is essentially finding actual materials that don't have a massive con, if that makes sense. So, you know, with our recycled water bottle t-shirts uh, that we did bring out, there's also the issue of microplastics. So there's always kind of that little, I don't know, th that part of you that's kind of like, is this material good? Is it worth it? Are we going to be, you know, continuing working with it? Um, so I think that's probably one of the big things for us. Thank you so much for all your tips. Uh, can you tell us where we can find you? Yes. So our Instagram is at JPL Atelier and our website is jplatelier.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me. That was our interview with Juliana. Thank you so much for listening and thanks to Juliana for her time. If you like this episode, please rate us and subscribe. It really helps. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram at prettyslow.life and prettyslowlife on all of the platforms. Thank you and goodbye.